Would you like to connect with experienced finance and accounting professionals for mentorship and career advice? Do you want to hear how the leaders in your profession got where they are now? Are you looking for a networking space, especially for the finance and accounting community? Then FEI Engage is the place for you. FEI Engage is the only community and content hub focused strictly on finance and accounting. It gives you access to the wisdom and experience of long-tenured professionals so you can make savvy decisions about your future. Visit www.financialexecutives.org forward slash FEI hyphen engage or click on the link in this episode's show notes to learn more. Welcome to the FEI Weekly Podcast. I'm Olivia Berkman, and today's Power Skills episode is all about conflict, compromise, collaboration, and active listening. I spoke with Jeff Jones, the CFO for Twisted X, a footwear company based in Texas. Jeff has a BBA in accounting and an MA in conflict resolution. Enjoy the conversation. Hi, Jeff. Thanks for joining me. Hey, Olivia. Great to be with you today. Tell me about your background and you know, what led you to diving into conflict resolution as a topic of study? Yeah, I have to go back a lot of years ago now to when I was 18. And uh, I was going to college. And at the time, my parents really didn't, you know, didn't have a a way to help me. But we were talking about what I was going to do. And I told them I wanted to be a psychology major. And, you know, they got this look on their face like, oh, no. And my dad's best friend was a, a CPA. And so we talked some more and they said, look, we'll pay half your tuition if you'll get an accounting degree. So it's like, well, heck, follow the money. So I got the accounting degree, but then in all my career, I went into public accounting and then, you know, just just saw that, you know, in small companies, a person could have their finger in a lot of different pieces of the pie. And because it was still people and what made people tick that interested me. Uh, I just followed a path of working in small growth companies. And so I've got to have just this incredible array of experiences, all allowing me to work with people and put teams together. And, you know, as I say, try to try to figure out how to put the pieces of the puzzle in place. So you, you create this great picture. And then fast forward several years and I had gone through a divorce, wanted to go back to school and get a master's because when I got my you know, undergrad, I probably didn't apply myself as hard as I needed to or as much as I needed to. And I just wanted to prove to myself that, hey, I can excel. And I found this conflict resolution program. And having gone through the divorce, I'd, I'd always been in my jobs kind of the mediator or the peacemaker for people, but I was not good at it in my personal life. And so I was like, Heck, let's do that because it kind of feeds that psychology bent uh, a little bit. But then, you know, it was just, uh, you know, and I saw some people, I'm getting a master's in conflict resolution and everybody's like, what are you going to do with that? And where do you not experience conflict? So there's a lot you can do with it. And so, uh, you know, still I'm in a, in a small company now. I, you know, manage all the accounting, finance, credit operations, but also our logistics team, our customer service team. I have to work closely with sales and with marketing. So, you know, I, I still I still have all this stuff going on, but now I even have more tools to, you know, deal with issues as they come up. So 
And we're going to get into those tools. You're the CFO at Twisted X. You know, you mentioned that you've you're interested in how people tick, building teams. You touched on this, but talk to me a little bit more about for you personally, how this training really changed your leadership. Yeah, well, one of the things I believe now is it's very it's unfortunate we don't teach people conflict resolution skills from an early age, you know, because most people view conflict as negative. So now that I've had this training, it it's really opened my eyes to what causes conflict, what you know, what, where's the genesis of most conflict, what's really at the at the core of most conflict, and then having a better understanding of those things, I I approach conflict very differently. Also with that, you know, there's a, it's called the Thomas Kilman uh, conflict styles assessment. And it, there, there's a lot of conflict styles assessments, things you can find online, but the TKI is probably the be all and end all, but there's five conflict styles, avoidance, accommodation, which avoidance is just, you know, what it says, avoidance. Uh, accommodation is I'm going to give in to you just, you know, to help protect the relationship or because I don't want to fight. So it's the lose win method. And then there's competition. So I'm going to win and you're going to lose. So the reverse, I'm win lose. Then compromise. And in, in conflict world, compromise is the lose lose because we both give in to reach a happy medium. And then the fifth style is collaboration, which is the win-win. How do, how do we make the pie bigger? Well, when I took that assessment, lo and behold, my number one style of conflict was accommodation and number two was avoidance. So if I couldn't just give you everything you wanted, I just tried to run from you. And and again, as I, as I tell people, a lot of hours and a whole lot more money later. And I, I took the assessment again a year after I completed the program. And my number one style was collaboration because now I've learned how to I've learned how to talk to people, but I've also learned how to handle conflict within myself and how I process it. So that's been the greatest gift of the program that I went through and and just what I've done since then. So as you were going through the program, what did you feel like was the reason that people are afraid of conflict? Like what what scares us about being involved in conflict? You know, the word conflict, most people immediately think fight. And so when we talk about conflict resolution, if we talked about problem resolution or disagreement resolution, I don't think it would hold near the fear or the panic or the emotional reaction as conflict, because we think about conflict as a fight. But, you know, really conflict, disagreements, uh, misunderstandings, those are all launching pads to create better resolutions. And the tension of that really helps people move forward. But when you think of it as I've got to fight to get there, most people don't want to fight, but you really don't have to. And, and that's where, again, if, if we called it mis, miscommunication resolution. Uh, I think people would approach it as, hey, I need to, what am I not understanding? Because that's the biggest thing in conflict resolution. There's something going on with you. There's something going on with me. And probably at the beginning of it, neither one of us are just laying all of our cards on the table. We're holding something back. In conflict resolution training, that's 
that's called the interest. There's really something below the line that is really what's driving this. It may be baggage from previous relationship or previous experience, a, a litany of things. But there's something down there that until we talk to each other and really ask a lot of questions, clarify that we're understanding each other, we don't we don't get to that that thing down there at the bottom sometimes. And again, we we don't a lot of times we don't get there because we just think it's a fight. You know, I, I, I've told people, I, I say this all the time. I've done a lot of conflict resolution training and I start every training the same way. I have a master's degree in conflict resolution. I have not mastered conflict resolution because when my wife says the house is dirty, she's making a statement towards something that is impacting her. Right. But what I hear is you're a slob and I immediately want to fight when She's not directing that at me necessarily. And so, you know, th- those are just <laughs> those are some of the dynamics sure. we deal with. Yeah, we all have our triggers and we all are going to misunderstand. And so that's why I think the topic of conflict resolution is such an important one, because conflict will happen. It's not conflict avoidance, right? It's yes. conflict resolution. I was going to say, as you were going through the, I think you said there were five types Mm -hmm. of, right? So the difference between compromise and collaboration, interesting, because when you got to compromise, I thought to myself, oh, that's the good one. And then as you explained it a little bit more deeply, I thought, oh yeah, no, that's not, you're right. I guess both people sort of, you know, have to have to lose a little bit in in that scenario. And so talk to me a little bit more about compromise and collaboration, the difference there. Yeah. Well, and and it's, we talk about compromise all the time as the, I mean, that that is kind of the standard bearer for most most conversations about conflict resolution. But it, but that's just what it is. It, okay, here's what I want and here's what you want. I mean, think about a, you know, a negotiation on a new car. The, the car dealer is only going to go down so far. You're only going to go up so far. And there's just that point and you have to just find that point. But in collaboration, it's how do we craft a better solution? How do we craft something that not only gives us what we're looking for, but maybe even bring something else to the top that allows us to exceed what we wanted to do? And, you know, in, in negotiation type stuff, uh, you probably don't get to that point a lot because it's especially on a financial negotiation because you know at the end of the day it, it, there's just that it's a money thing and you're trying to get there whereas on a concept or an ideological conflict you know the parties can if they work hard enough they can get to something that creates better solutions for everybody it takes longer <laughs> it takes more effort and and that's why compromise is is probably used more often because it's it's a little bit quicker and you can move on and then maybe on another day try to try to improve it. So so those those are you know some of the good and bad of both. But um, but yeah, I mean collaboration is always the it, it it's just what the word is is about. It's coming together to create something that's really really great collaboration you you've got to sit down and go what do you really want you've got to think outside the box a little bit more and so it is a it is a slower process a bigger process 
and again, that's that's why I probably compromise wins the day a lot of times because it, it's quick and efficient. But right. But any anytime you can spend that time to collaborate, it's well well worth it. What are some of the bigger misconceptions about conflict resolution? And share with me if anything surprised you from the program. Probably was surprising when you took that initial assessment to realize the type of conflict engager that you actually were. I think what what really struck me, what what I came out of there, this is common sense. And when I say it, you're going to, you know, it's going to be like, well, of course, but we all have different personalities. And if if you don't try to understand somebody's personality, you know, if if you've got an extrovert and introvert going at it, boy, you're (laughs) if you don't understand that they each need to hear things certain ways, then then it's going to be difficult. And and again, a, a lot of the training I do, one of one of the first steps I do with everybody is there's a couple of different, you know, personality profiling things. One one, if I have more time, one I can do that if it's uh, you know just need to do it on the spot. But it gives people this idea of, you know, how big of a role personality plays. I did a, a leadership training program at a previous company, and. I started, I brought in the conflict resolution training into the leadership program after I'd completed the program. And I started with Myers-Briggs personality assessments. I would typically have 10 people in one of these trainings. And, you know, it was great because anywhere from seven to to 10 of them would have different personalities. And I was like, okay, here's the deal. When, When you're going down trying to get people to you know, do what you want when you're trying to get them to achieve a goal, you've got to remember in your communication style that all these different personalities hear it different ways. That is such a huge thing, but so overlooked because, again, that's not something we do a lot of training or thinking about, I think, for the most part. But that that was one of the things that just struck me the most as I went through the training was how much that plays a role. And then, uh, you know, again, one of the challenges is it it takes two people to resolve a conflict. It only takes one to keep the conflict going. That's a challenge, too, because most of us want to we want to win. And when I say we want to win, not in that competitive style, but we want to move forward. And when one person won't move forward, it's really frustrating and can just create you know more conflict on top of whatever was there. So. You know, th- those are some things that really came to light in in that whole process for me. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I think that's a great point that it takes two people to to make a conflict, but really one to just keep it going, milking it, so to speak. Yeah. And that leads me to a couple of questions about kind of getting into more specifics here. So working with somebody who is very uncomfortable with confrontation. So you're talking about Let's say for this example, two people, one person is maybe a little bit more comfortable with conflict, trying to get to that collaboration, you know, stage or maybe even just compromise if if that's the best they can do. And the other person is really avoidant and uncomfortable. What are some of the tools that you would give to the person trying to get to a better place? 
Yeah, and 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 honestly, hopefully, in, in in most situations, you have at least one person who is a little bit more comfortable because right and open more doors as opposed to two people who are very uncomfortable. You know, resolving conflict is it's a lot of active listening, which you know m- most of us have this understanding of active listening, where it's not only listening, but it's clarifying what we're hearing. You know, someone who's uncomfortable with conflict, there's it's probably because of some, you know, hurtful baggage in their past or, you know, they're afraid of appearing weak or, you know, may, maybe they are just selfish or whatever it may be. If you can ask questions and let them know you're hearing them, that's the best way to, to kind of bring somebody along to open up. I mean, we've all experienced that when we know somebody's willing to listen to us we typically get a lot more comfortable talking. Uh, uh, there's been plenty of times where somebody's asked me a question and I could tell they were really an- interested in the answer and they got a lot more than they bargained for. That's the challenge is how do I draw this person out? And and asking those questions, clarifying your understanding, possibly even validating how they <clears throat> how they feel, not that you agree with them necessarily, but hey, I... I can appreciate, you know, I can see that you you really feel strongly about this. Tell me more about it. I mean, that's what you need to do in conflict anyway, but especially with someone who who might be hesitant, resistant, uncomfortable, is use that tool excessively. And and you have to understand when you're doing that that yeah, this this may take a little while. It's going to take more me giving giving space to the conversation while I still have something I want to say but you'll you'll get your chance. Patience is really important in in a conflict, I I think. And, you know, whether we're a great active listener or not, I think a lot of us are anxious to get our our own point out, Mm -hmm. right? And it, it can be hard to wait and let somebody else finish their thought, especially if the thought that they have feels like, an attack on us or a feel right. So it's very, it could be very hard to be patient. You almost wish that you had a mute button for yourself. I do anyway. (laughs) I wish that I had a a real life mute button so that I could force myself to be patient through, through, you know, some of the things that my husband shares with me sometimes. And I, I think, as you said, a very, something that has worked for us just personally is the asking questions and the clarifying is really a big part of it because I think misunderstanding and misunderstandings are so common uh, mm-hmm. as a, as a reason for conflict that, and we don't realize them. And it could just be, it might not just be someone misspeaking, but it could be a misinterpretation or attaching we've brought up baggage in our conversation, like attaching our own baggage to something that someone else said where they really didn't mean that at all. And that's a misunderstanding. And you you have to be able to get to the bottom of that and asking, clarifying and repeating things back to somebody. I find that that can be very effective. Yeah. You know, uh, Stephen Covey's old book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, one of those is seek first to understand and then be understood. Mm-hmm. And and that in conflict, I mean, that that is a foundation principle of, of resolving conflict because it's easy to ask a question, but then listen to the response in the way I'm thinking, 
you know, as opposed to how you're thinking. Right. And so asking the question and then being willing to clarify that and make sure I understand what you're thinking um, can can go a long ways to speeding up the mm-hmm. the opening to, to of resolving the conflict. Mm-hmm. Now, on the opposite side, I, I, I feel like a lot of us know somebody who seems to kind of light up when there's conflict somebody who, who likes drama, um, you know, kind of seeks it out. Uh, what are some of the, the specific things that we can do if we find ourselves in conflict with somebody like that, like a dog with a bone, so to speak? Run. Run as fast <laughs> as you can. I say that a little facetiously, but honestly, I, and I talk about this a lot, I can't control anybody else. Right. I can, I can only control what I want to see, what I want to hear, how I want to respond to things. And when you when you get into it with that kind of person, um, it's just tough. It's tough. And and you can try the asking and 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 doing all that. But if they if they want to stay in that conflict mode, um, you're you're in for a you know trench trench in and and get ready to go. There's just no good answer um, for that, really. Yeah, there are probably situations where you do have to agree to disagree, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess that's sort of a form of compromise. It, it it is it is, and and that's where that's where you may may end up with the person. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, there's people who just like you said they they thrive on that and they want to keep it going. Sometimes you may have to even go so far to just end the relationship or end the, you know, how, what, however it got started ended. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But, but that is a, that's one of the most frustrating things about conflict resolution. And I've, I've been in those situations. I've done mediations where people were not going to budge an inch. And mm-hmm. it was, it was so frustrating because I could tell the other party wanted to have some resolution and I mean, one mediation, we spent five hours together and finally just walked away there. Sometimes there's just not a good, good resolution. You know, obviously we can't all take the course that you were able to take, but how, how can we personally improve our own conflict resolution skills? I have a feeling we all have areas that we can improve on. Well, and let me start with a couple of things not to do. Don't do conflict by text message or email. One, one of the most important things, I believe, in resolving conflict is voice intonation and body language. That tells you a lot about where people are. Without those, it, it's so much more difficult. And then, of course, with text or email, it's just easy to throw in that little zinger that then just, you know, it's like throwing a hand grenade out. So, so don't ever do that. But again, having a, a basic understanding, you don't have to go in and do deep research on different personality types or or whatnot, but you can just have a, a cursory understanding of, you know, even just starting with introverts and extroverts and how they process information and, and know that, you know, some people, they want to do things fast. They want to get it out there and move on. And some people have to think about things. They got to talk slower. They got to process it. Starting with that dynamic. And then again, the, the active listening 
Honestly, the biggest thing about conflict is being able to ask the questions and listen. Part of that, maybe even taking another step back, is to resolve conflict, you have to have an outward focus. If all your focus is inward just on what you want and what the resolution you want, then it's going to be difficult to ever, ever resolve anything. You you have to have a, a broader view. And I don't say that like that's easy to do because, you know, depending on what the conflict is or how it ar- arises, a lot of times we are naturally defensive or protective of ourselves and, and our, you know, our, our desires. So it's practice. And I would say the worst thing I do is when I get in a conflict and it doesn't go well, I start blaming myself quickly, as opposed to just say, what can I learn from that? And again, it's it's just how do we always how do we keep getting better? I mean, conflict resolution and being able to work with people is a constant evolution of just getting better at it ourselves. But then again, we're dealing with other other personalities. So you never know where you're going to start. But that the active listening, the outward mindset, if you will, and then understanding, you know, that people are different are probably some very basic, but very foundational skills to to resolving conflict. I know you're a mentor and I imagine the mentees that you, that you've had over the years may be of a, of a younger generation. And so I could see them being very tempted to conduct their what they think is conflict resolution over text messages, right? And even I'm tempted to do it because maybe it gives me a moment to kind of collect my words. And then there's the shield between you and the person, right? But I say, having said that, I think that you make a great point. I think we miss a lot of the things in our voice and our attitudes, our body language. That's all important when you're trying to resolve things authentically. Right. And and it's and it's not a good space for asking clarifying questions and trying to understand. Social media, texting, email, whatever is often a, a read to respond exercise mm-hmm. as opposed to a read to understand exercise. Very true. So you mentioned the seven habits of highly effective people. What are some of the other resources that you like in this space? Yeah, there's there's two books by the Arbinger Institute. That's A-R-B-I-N-G-E-R. One of them is Leadership and Self-Deception, a, a fantastic book on seeing things through our own lens as opposed to through other people's lens. The other book is a follow-up to it, and, and I've already used the terminology, and it's the title of the book, The Outward Mindset. How do we see things outside of ourselves? outside of our experience, outside of our culture, outside of our education. And and those are those are two that I recommend and give away all the time. The, the third is The Servant. And it, it's a leadership-focused book, but it's about leading in a way that exhibits great care for those you lead. And in doing that, it helps resolve some conflicts before they get started. Those are those are probably three that I, I recommend the most. There's also another great book is The Power of a Positive No. I can't remember the guy's first name. His last name is Yuri, U-R-Y. And the power, and he's got others, The Power of a Positive Yes and some things like that. But the ability to say no to people in a positive way 
is another great way to stop a conflict before it gets started. So that that too, that too is a fantastic uh, read. Those all sound great, but that one specifically sounds like something I could use in my life. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing I want to ask you, Jeff, is just about, you know, because we talked a lot about leadership and how this comes into play for you as a leader. Obviously, you know, by the time that you participated in this program, you were a bit later on in your career. So why is conflict resolution an important skill for like early career folks? So yeah. or even like college students. And, and it's interesting because when I went through the program, there were a lot of people younger than me mm. in the program. And I, and I thought, this is this is great. Again, and I said this early on, I mean, I, we probably ought to teach it in high school, uh, if not before. But there's nothing that you do in life that doesn't have conflict. I mean, if you're a child and a, or a parent, there's conflict. If you're spouses, there's conflict. If you're a volunteer, uh, you know, for an organization, you know, there's conflict. And so we just, we, we live in it all the time, understanding it early in life, understanding how to approach it. Again, when we hear the word conflict, we think fight. Understanding, you know, sometimes I use, the, you know, a rubber band. And if you just hold the rubber band in your hand and let it dangle, it's no good. But if you stretch it and put it around something, that's when a rubber band becomes useful. It's the tension that makes a rubber band useful. Well, conflict is is similar in the sense that the the tension of a conflict is what allows us to grow, to move forward, to understand people better, to understand ourselves better. And if if we focused on that much earlier in our lives, if I would have focused on that much earlier in my career, there would have been a lot of things that would have gone better for me, you know, coming coming up through the ranks. So, yeah, it's, it's just something that um, we all need. We all need to understand because it, it is a it is a part of our daily life, whether big or small. Uh, you know, obviously, if you watch the news, it's nothing but conflict. And and so it's just part of our life. Again, it, it's it's everything from just negotiation and buying a car or whatever that might be to divorce or countries at war. So that's important. I, I think that's why it is important to really focus on it young at, at people at a younger age. And I'm glad that you've shifted our idea of what conflict means through this conversation, because it really isn't just, uh, you know, what we're imagining two people yelling at each other. It could mean just tension. And you're right. I mean, that tension is useful. Uh, conflict is useful. It helps us get to a, to the next place sometimes. Yes. Uh, so it's really, it's not about avoiding it. It's about embracing it to some degree and, and getting to the other side and that active listening that we've talked about, the outward focus. I think these are all just great insights. And for early career folks who are listening to this, you know, to have this skill set to to have read one of these books that Jeff mentioned, or I'm sure there are like podcasts out there, to just have an, a level of understanding of how this is done, uh, how you could do this well would really give you a leg up, um, would really make you stand out, I would think, and give off a, a sense of maturity on your part. So 
Jeff, this was just really interesting. So much great information, so much great advice, a lot to think about. So thank you so much for being willing to do this with me. You bet. Thank you for the opportunity.